Welcome to Hence the Future podcast. I'm Adam Morconin, and today we're discussing The Artist's Way. The Artist's Way, A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity is a book and a 12-week course by Julia Cameron that's so popular it's already in its 25th edition and it spawned meetup groups and creative workshops all over the country. And I've had several people recommend this to me, so I decided to try it out and I'm now in week three. And I feel like it's particularly relevant right now because from what I've been seeing, a lot of people are hitting a quote quarantine wall this week where people have been in lockdown. They haven't been able to experience new things and replenish their creative well, while at the same time, they've had to work this whole time and draw from their past experiences and their creative well from the past. So I think The Artist's Way is a great antidote right now to the quarantine wall. And yeah, let's talk about the methodology. One of the main foundations of The Artist's Way is the morning pages. Every morning during the 12-week program, you write three pages, stream of consciousness in the morning, and you don't be critical of whatever you write. It's not intended to be shown to anyone. And you just write what's on your mind. It could be what's worrying you. It could be random ideas you had. You could be recounting dreams you had the previous night. And the most important thing is that you do not look at any sort of text or any sort of imagery before you write your morning pages. So you wake up, you don't look at your phone, at least until after you've written your morning pages. And this may be a big shift between what you might be typically doing. I know for myself, I used to wake up and first thing I do is check Twitter, you check the stocks, you check Bitcoin, you check your email, whatever else. And all of a sudden you're flooding your mind with other people's thoughts and distractions. And you're not allowing yourself to come up with the novel insights that you might have gained over the past night of sleeping. Because every time we go to sleep, we are essentially assembling all of the memories and new experiences that we had the previous day into our neural network. And in the morning, you may have great insights, but if you're not sensitive to receiving those insights, then you're not going to notice them. So morning pages is a really great way to receive those insights and note them each day. Another helpful element for getting in the routine of doing your morning pages each day is to designate an artist totem in your house. So if you have some sort of a special pen or a little sculpture or anything that you might have around the house that you could designate as your artist totem and you put that wherever you do your morning pages each morning. So it could be a special chair, a room in your apartment or wherever it is. The point is to have one place that you always go so it becomes a ritualized routine that you can look to each day. My favorite element of the artist's way is what's called the artist date. So each week you go on a date with yourself or with your inner artist child to someplace completely new that you've never been before. And you don't bring your phone, you don't uh, listen to anything, you just experience whatever it is that you're experiencing. So you could be going to a museum, you could go to a park. Uh, The first week that I, I went to a cemetery near where I live and just walked around And then I also went to a bookstore and a coffee shop where I hadn't been the second week. So it doesn't really matter what you do. It just matters that you're gaining some new experiences. You're experiencing new phenomena and you are with yourself and you're attuned to whatever you might be feeling or noticing or new ideas that you might have. 
And this combination of the morning pages and the artist date is like a transmitter and receiver of creative energy. So in your morning pages, you're recording new insights that you gained when you were on your artist date. And if you really enjoy it, you can do an artist date every day if your schedule allows it. And it's just a great way to constantly have new experiences to draw from so that you can come up with new ideas and make new connections that other people might not. In addition to the morning pages and the artist date, they also have different writing exercises that you do each week that help you reflect on your creative self and come up with new ideas. So I'll just lay out a few of my favorite exercises. So one of them is writing a letter of advice to yourself from when you're 80 years old and also from when you're eight years old. Another one I really like is five alternate lives that you would have enjoyed living. So many people took one path in life and maybe at certain points they could have chosen a different path. And you may feel, man, what would have happened if I had been an artist or a novelist or if I had been a lawyer or a doctor or if I had you know, done this or that. And so it's really useful to just write out what would your five different lives be and you can even try to incorporate little aspects of it. So if you think, wow, maybe I could have been a painter in another life. Well, maybe you can just paint once a week for yourself. And that would be a great way to have an outlet for that creative energy. And it may also become of something. And you might, that may end up being your final path if it leads in that direction. Another activity I like is listing your three champions of your creativity and three enemies of your creativity. So there are different people in our lives who encourage us to be creative, come up with new ideas, and think outside the box. And then there are other people that are always trying to limit what we can do creatively and constrain what we can do creatively. So it's helpful to think, who are these people in our lives? And a lot of the exercises actually come down to talking about different characters in your life and what roles they've played. And that's such a fundamental way that we make sense of the world. And if you're a story writer or a painter or anything that deals with people, really, it is helpful to really understand people from the ones you know in real life for whatever you create in your abstractions and in your art. Probably the most difficult of all the activities and all of the 12 weeks is in week four where you're supposed to do reading deprivation the entire week. That means you cannot read any newspapers, any books, you can't read your Twitter feed, you're not even supposed to read your email or texts. And this seems really difficult, it seems almost impossible. I don't know, frankly, if, if I'll be able to do the whole thing. I might just go no phone and only read some work stuff on my laptop. But the point of this is that it's supposed to wipe the slate clean so you can really get in touch with the power of now and with what your senses are experiencing right now. So you might paint a wall in your house that you notice has gotten a little bit crummy, or maybe you wash your dog, or maybe you do some other physical work with your hands, or you go out to dinner with friends, that would be a great activity. And it's almost like in a weightlifting program, how one cycle that I did when I was playing football in high school is there'd be a 12 week cycle. And each week you would start with low weight amount, but high reps. And over time, you would get more and more weight with fewer and fewer reps. And finally, at the 12th week, you would just take the entire week off and you would not 
lift any weights at all. So this is kind of like the purpose of that one week where you just do not let yourself read anything. And you're supposed to have all of these creative ideas from that one week of reading deprivation. Now let's get into the future scenarios. Let's talk about the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is that you remain what Julia Cameron calls a shadow artist. A shadow artist is someone who never pursues what they actually always wanted to pursue. So you might have taken one path in life because you felt it was more practical. And yeah, I loved painting, but could I really become a painter? Or whatever that is. Maybe it's movie directing or animating or whatever it could be in your life. And the real worst case scenario of the artist's way is that you suppress your artist child. You never allow that inner child to express itself through what you really want to express. And I think one thing that's important to note is that you don't have to go headlong into it. You can start just by incorporating some small aspect of what your passion is into your life. And so you don't have to always remain a shadow artist. Now let's talk about the best case scenario. Best case scenario. The best case scenario is that, in the words of Julia Cameron, you allow your creative energy to bloom as naturally as a flower. And I think that is really important because it's not so much that you need to add anything to your life, it's really that you are removing obstructions and removing distractions. And you're allowing yourself to be a vessel through which creative energy flows. And you just want to allow that to happen as naturally as possible. And in the best case, not only can you allow that to happen for yourself, but you can also provide that for others. And you can provide the source of inspiration that leads to greater flourishing for other people. And I was thinking about this when I've been reading a lot of different Herman Hess novels. Uh, of course, I'd read Siddhartha uh, many times, but I just recently have been reading Narcissus and Goldman, another book of his. And it's such an incredible book. And I've just gained so much value from reading the work of this man who has been dead for decades now. And it's pretty amazing that we can all share that with each other. So that's my best case scenario, that we all are unobstructed and can live the artist's way. Even if you are, let's say, in finance or you're a scientist, I really think that every profession has an element of art and an element of science to it. So it's important that we know both. Now let's get into the most likely scenario. Most likely scenario. The most likely scenario is that it will fluctuate. Some days we will be feeling totally unobstructed and we'll be able to write a lot or produce a lot of whatever we do. And other days we will feel totally obstructed and we won't be able to hardly get out of bed in the morning. And I think the important thing is to not be too hard on ourselves. And there's a reason that Julia Cameron calls it our inner creative child, because our inner creative self is very sensitive and nervous and might not take kindly to criticisms of others. So it's important that we are gentle with our creative selves and we allow ourselves to blossom whenever we have an idea, even if it's late at night, even if we're in the middle of something else. And if we're not feeling it, then let's not be too hard on ourselves. And some days we do just need to relax. The last thing I want to touch on is this concept I've been thinking a lot about, 
which is that most people, when they think of, oh, what are my chances of achieving X, Y, or Z, whatever my dream might be, and if you think about it from a statistical perspective, the odds of me being a famous director or a famous actor or a famous uh, entrepreneur or whatever it might be, they seem so small. How could I ever do it? Well, I might as well stay in my safe job or whatever my comfortable current lifestyle is. I think what people who think that are missing is that when you put yourself out there, it becomes way more likely. And this gets into what Carl Jung called synchronicity, which is the fortuitous intermeshing of events. When we answer the call and when we commit to our deepest desires and our passions, we set in motion this principle that opens doors for us. So that's why in the book, Julia Cameron says that you should never ask whether you can do something. Instead, you should say, I am doing this thing. I am a writer. I am a novelist. I am a journalist, whatever your passion might be. And another quote she has is, in my experience, the universe falls in with worthy plans and most especially with festive and expansive ones. So a shorthand for this is leap and the net will appear. I think that's a good place to end it. Thank you all for listening. I hope your artist's journey bodes well. And I'll see you next week. The past, the present, and the future. If you enjoy thinking about the future as much as we do, we invite you to join the HTF community. Simply go to hencethefuture.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and add your email address next to the button that says, Enter the Void. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at hencethefuture. And, most importantly, we encourage you to please rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. Our team reads and appreciates every single review. Thank you again for listening to today's episode and for staying curious, and we'll see you next week.